What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer to spin the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Scott Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, like usual, it is open phone line. Feel free to give us a call. The only thing we ask you to do is call during the breaks. Be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to follow me or reach out to me via Twitter, you can do that at SportsGrind. And also, if you ever miss any, first of all, if you want to stream the show live, you can do that too by going to the business Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page. You can leave comments. I'll read them live on air in real time. If I don't get to them, I'll respond to them later. And if you miss any of the shows live, all right, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week, 365. And also, if you're in a market that are traveling that doesn't carry as terrestrial, you can always go to the same website, sportsgrindonline.com, where you can sit there and click on the play button and you can get us live there. Eight seven seven three seven grind. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. Let's get it in. So it is Tuesday. Uh, of course, we've got things steady moving on. <clears throat> of course, you've got uh, the NHL hockey playoffs that continue to go on. I mean, now we're officially tonight all in round two. Uh, we had a game seven last night between the Devils and the Rangers. All right, Devils victorious four zero. Just too much speed for the Rangers. I mean, Rangers was the team that was supposed to have, of course, the more experience coming in, yada, yada. You know, this is an old school type of rivalry situation. Uh, but, you know, the New Jersey Devils, I mean, you don't even have to know hockey to understand it. They're just faster than the Rangers. So they were able to be victorious in game seven. So now we've got all everybody into round two. We've got two round two starting tonight. We've got Toronto, who's coming off of their buzz and breaking their stigma and streak, you know, as they were able to get rid of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now they they get ready to do business with the Panthers. <clears throat> okay, the Florida Panthers. And then also you have the Dallas Stars that are going to be in action tonight as well, too. They get their series up and going as well. Um, and we'll see how it happens. With Hawk, what do you got? Well, just uh, when we coming off the Commanders news brought Josh Harris's name to the forefront, right? Because he's the guy that came in and bought the team from Dan Snyder. Now, the other two properties he owns are the New Jersey Devils hmm. and the Philadelphia 76ers. He's having an up-and-down week, you could say. But uh, when we, I remember because when we were talking about the you know the teams that he owned, I was like, I can't tell you where in the standings, the you know NHL standings, where the New Jersey Devils sit. Right. Um, but it, he's got to be pretty pretty happy about that one. Yeah. I mean, it's, <clears throat> you know, any sport you win, that, you, uh, you know, that translates into more money, more fan base and stuff. So anybody's going to be happy with that. I know Snoop Dogg is putting a bid in in regards to being an owner. Now, I don't know if this is majority owner or minority owner. I don't know if he's part of a group, but I know he's, he's part of a to, group. Yeah, he's trying to get out there in the NHL uh, hockey career. Now I see what the hustle is kind of way with these sports teams because these techs, these people got money. What they're doing is trying to take somebody popular Okay, somebody that has a movement, has a brand, and they're basically trying to pull them in and say, hey, you in, you want in on this? 
Is this what we're doing? I mean, it's almost similar to what happened with Derek Jeter and the Marlins, but that was kind of more involved and hands-on, but that's kind of what I see. That's the new hustle going on, but hey, don't knock the hustle. Um, also, what else? Well, well, just on that note, it's the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out to Dante. Uh, he, hockey World, um, you know, front office sports had, uh, had that one, that report coming down. Yeah. Um, keeping it moving. Um, also, uh, speaking of hockey, so their playoffs will continue to go on. NFL, we definitely have some NFL news to get to, of course, uh, regarding Jordan Love. We've got to talk about that. Um, also, we didn't get a chance to look at a list that pretty much has some of the – I wanted to go over who got the 50-year options picked up and who got declined. Uh, I want to take a look at that if we get time before we get out of here. Uh, we've got some other news as well, too, on the NFL side. Uh, and, of course, NBA – uh, is up and going in the playoffs and now we're entering everybody's in round two as well in that sport and we can kind of start there on the National Basketball Association uh, because first of all we saw James Harden answering the bell and getting it done in Boston uh, yesterday or I should say last night and leading them to a victory without Joel Embiid okay now to me um I figured this game was going to be more competitive than what the line or what they were indicating because, for one, the main reason why I thought that is because I've been telling you Boston, there's just they're not um, they're not well oiled as they were starting the season, and they're not well oiled as they were in the playoffs last year. Okay, that's been my opinion. Um, you know, especially since the last couple weeks of the regular season and how the Atlanta series went, and then basically you look at yesterday. I mean, this is a, you know, both of these teams, and I would say Philly, everything Philly's done in this past offseason and during the season has been about this matchup, has been about getting past Boston. And vice versa, Boston should know, like, okay, you know, there's one thing, you know, for maybe not being able to get all the way up for Atlanta or saying, like, hey, Atlanta's not supposed to be here. They came from the play-in game. We've got them, yada, yada. But the truth of the matter is there should be no reason not to be up and all hands on deck and understand that you have an opportunity. Okay. Cause this is what these playoffs has been about in regards to who stays healthy. You've had an opportunity to go really punch the 76ers in the mouth without Joel Embiid and they blew it. They didn't get it done. And this just goes back to where I've been saying what has been missing in my opinion from them is that edge that killer instinct. And that's what I feel that is the difference. Now, last night, I don't know if you ate, but get the audio yet or not. But um, last night on the TNT crew, you know, Barkley was the first one that I've kind of heard to kind of witness. I mean, he didn't say it as bluntly as I have been saying it, but I did get a chance to, I was watching that. And he pretty much said something along the lines of what I was discussing or what I've been discussing about the Celtics. And let's see, let's hear that audio from last night. I, I don't want to say it, but I think the voice in the locker room is not the same as it was last year no. because they're clearly playing too passive. Because this is two games in a row that they let – well, not two in a row, but they let it have – Two in Boston. Two, two games at home. Yeah. And for me, the, the, the leadership has got to step up. If, if the coach is not going to do it, the players got to step up. Ernie, that's an excuse. They don't need a voice. The answer to your question is a lack of focus. You don't need no coach to tell you 
the importance of this game. You know, you went to the finals last year. You understand what at stake. They're big men in there. We got to come, put in work, and win this game. I have to do it for. I don't need. I don't need nobody to tell me I need to get forty and ten tonight. Coach don't need to tell me nothing. Okay. Well, first of all, like I said, I very rarely agree with Chuck. You know, more with Kenny and maybe the Shaq. But I'm going to side with Chuck on this one, and I'm going to push back on Shaq. And there's a couple reasons. I see kind of what Shaq is saying uh, in regards to some, at that old adage goes, sometimes players got to make plays. Sometimes it's not the coach. I mean, I understand that we're always quick in any sport to be, hey, the coach got to go, the manager's got to go, the coach got to go. So I understand a little bit what Shaq's saying, but he's kind of wrong in this, in, in this, in this aspect, is that that old adage always goes, okay, in any sport. Okay, basketball, in a football, hell, even baseball to a certain extent. You a team takes the image of their head coach. Okay? That that that's just the reality. I don't know why it's like that. It is just what it is. So I think what I've been saying, kind of what Chuck was trying to say, is that it's not so much of saying that Messina is a bad coach or he hasn't done a good job. It's just the fact of it is, is that, you know what? You know, through 82 games and through one round of the first round of the Eastern Conference Finals and then also yesterday, considering the circumstances, they don't look – but he doesn't look like he has the pulse or his hand on this team similar to what Adoka did last year. He doesn't. And and I think what Shaq, when he says, hey, you don't want to tell you you got 40. Well, first of all, Shaq, you're one of the greatest to ever do it. We can't say that about anybody on Boston right now. And that includes Tatum. They don't, they're not made up of what Shaq was. What, what, I would told Shaq, they ain't made up of what you made up of. And first of all, of course, Phil Jackson that he played under, you know, that he, of course, Phil didn't have to. Phil had different ways of getting his message and how he wanted to coach. And Shaq came from a military background and a military father. So therefore, you're right. No one needs to tell you and no one should need to tell anybody, a pro, that, hey, man, this is the playoffs. You need to step up. But I don't think that's really the case in this. What the case is, they just have a lackadaisical, not killer instinct type of attitude that they had at the beginning of the season. And that they had last year under Doka going to the finals. There is no way. I believe this to, to, to anything. There is no way that if, a, if this was the same team as last year and Adoka was still at the helm, there's no way that that Atlanta series would have went six games because they wouldn't have blown that game in Boston. They would have closed them out. And there's no way they're losing to a Philly team without Joel Embiid which is probably going to be, if he hasn't happened yet, I know it's coming down today, supposed to be they should be named the MVP. So what Boston has done now, now they've got a situation where Philly, they don't even have to play Joel Embiid game two. They can give him an extra day's of rest. I mean, hell, I mean, we'll get to that here in a minute. That damn Phoenix and Denver series, they ain't even resuming that thing till Friday. This is where NBA's getting in this period where I hate they have so, they stretch these series between games so out, so far out. But regardless, the Boston, I mean, you got to give credit to James Harden. I mean, there's a lot of people that doubted whether James even had this in his system to have to do. I think it's justified people doubted him because, again, he's had a hell of a regular season. But the question was, can he do it in the playoffs when it counted? And the truth of the matter is, he stepped up. And I think Maxie and the other guys followed. But I think with Boston, you know, they're just they're not as good defensively as they were this time last year, in my opinion. And they're missing an edge. 
And, and again, you whether you want to do it, whether you realize it's happening, but the truth of the matter is you take the personality of your head coach in any sport. And I think that's kind of what Chuck was trying to say when he says, hey, the voice in there, the leadership. Because I don't look at Tate, I don't look at Tatum as a rah-rah guy, as let's go. I don't look at Brown like that. Those are two dudes that's going to try to lead by their play on the court. They really don't. I mean, Marcus Smart, if you had to pick somebody, I would probably pick maybe it's Marcus Smart, that if something needs to be said to a team or they need a, ass, a kick in the ass, it's probably Marcus Smart. It ain't Al Horford. He ain't cut from that cloth. So they find themselves down 0-1. Um, game two is going to be tomorrow. And I really don't feel like Embiid really needs to play tomorrow. I mean, and he probably shouldn't. I mean, they, they were able to go ahead and pretty much steal home court advantage and gain their possibly future MVP some rest. 877-37-GRIND. But, you know, I picked Philly. I didn't feel comfortable with knowing Embiid was doubtful. And really, this is a situation where Embiid's not going to be 100% probably the rest of the playoffs, especially in this series. But I guarantee you he'll feel a lot better. If you're talking about not playing tomorrow, and then I guarantee you, hell, if they're making Phoenix and Denver not till Friday, they play this game tomorrow's Wednesday, they probably won't be playing game three till Sunday. If I'm doing the schedule in my head based off the way the NBA likes to do these things. So they get able to get game one tonight. Um, well, first of all, before, was I right on that? Uh, well, you're going to have Friday and then Sunday, but yeah, it's a one, one game in there between, but. So okay, so tomorrow. Well, that's so, not too bad. So it's not as bad Wednesday, as the Suns. Friday, the- every other day, basically. Okay, so they'll play tomorrow, but then they'll play again on uh, Friday. On on Friday. Yep. Okay, well, that's a little. That's not as bad as the other game last night between the Nuggets and the and the Suns, which they're not playing Game Three until uh, I think they said Friday. Yeah, Friday and they played yeah. on Monday. That's ridiculous. But let's get to that game. Um, the Nuggets. What they did, they showed some grit last night. They showed grit. Um, they were able to pretty much rally in the fourth quarter. I would say dominate toward the end of the third quarter and pretty much all the fourth quarter. The Suns, who I thought controlled the game for majority of the time. Um, and really, when you look at this, there's a couple things I want to touch on with this particular series. Now that the Denver Nuggets have a 2-0 lead, and they are the number one seed. There's one thing I agree with Kevin Durant. It's like, hey, even though people like myself all year doubted them, they didn't get the respect, blah, blah, blah. It was just, it's like, hey, man, y'all are supposed to be doing this now. I mean, it's, it's, it's go time. Y'all have a two-time MV, back-to-back MVP and going to finish maybe three in a row, if not worst-case scenario, going to finish second in voting this year. And they are deep. But this is the deal about last night's game. Chris Paul. Whole game changed when Chris Paul went out. I think it was like the four-minute mark of the third quarter. And it was around there. And you're talking about after that ensued a 9-0, some type of run. It resulted into like a 25-10 to 10 run at the time. And you've seen the play by now. He's going up for a rebound. He comes down. He grabs his growing area. And this is another example. Now, first of all, this is Chris Paul. I put it in the docket. This is CP3. Playoff CP3 has showed up on time. And it's a sad situation, but this is another evidence, piece of evidence, Low management is not working. And if you and if that's a wrong statement to say it's not working, well, I'll use this one. It ain't improving nothing. It ain't shown that it's helped because go to the Kawhi situation and look at Chris Paul. I said this last year when they got eliminated on this on this show. 
I said the one thing because his body, you could tell he was fatigued by the time they got to where they were, where they, I think it was the conference finals last year. His, his, he, they, he got fatigued. So I said, you know what? This is the first year they're going to have to really monitor Chris Paul in the regular season. And you know what? Monty and the, and the Suns organization, that's exactly what they did. Chris took a lot of games he didn't play. And a lot of it was load management. But what happens? You get into the postseason. The intensity goes up. And then your minutes go up. And when you're that, when you got that many basketball miles on you as Chris Paul does, and that age in the NBA, something's going to give, man. Especially when you're talking about a growing or a hamstring uh, problem. This is a young man's game. It's a young man's game. I don't care. It, the, the time is going to come from for everybody. And I'm going to elaborate on that when we get back. And also, we'll look at tonight. We've got some game ones tipping. we got a game two tonight, and we've got a game one starting their series tonight between L.A. and Golden State. We'll chop it up about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. There's nothing like the arrival of spring and the company smell of fresh cut prices in the air at Specs. Nobody does the wine like Specs. With the Texas size selection of world class wines and lower prices, you'll find the perfect zing for the spring at Specs. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind, and it's an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 87737 Grind. All right, so back to the game last night and my point about Chris Paul. Look, it's a young man's game. It is what it is. And Chris Paul is one of the all-time greats. But you have to think about it. If 
you're going through a regular season where you really can't play a full 82 because of the mileage you have on you and where you're at in your career. And the ultimate goal is Chris is just trying to chase that thing that has eluded him. The only thing that has left him out of his career is that's a championship ring. When you get to the postseason and the pace ratchets up and the minutes ratchet up, this is what you get. Now, other than Chris Paul's freaky hand injury sometimes, like I think it was at the time with the Rockets, I think one of those go to one of those times he had like a fractured hand, something with his hand, or maybe I'm thinking about his time with the Clippers. I lost track of his damn injuries that come in the summer. Or the Thunder or anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know, but one of those times against Golden State when he was a rock, it was more of like his hamstring or was something like that. I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, you're gonna die, you're gonna pay taxes. A Kenyan's gonna win the Boston Marathon. And CP3 is going to be hurt when the calendar turns to May and June. And it sucks for him because at that age, I mean, he's not going to recover from that uh, quickly. And, you know, last night it, it changed the whole course of that game. And I, and I didn't even look like to me it affected uh, sons mentally to a certain extent. Like, damn. Because the truth of the matter is, as deep as the Nuggets are, this is the last thing the Suns needed was to suffer one of their big guys, Andrew, getting hurt. Because their bench, you know, is – it is what it is. I mean, Denver didn't really murder them in bench points last night. But I think, what, the Suns had like maybe five bench points last night, something like that. It was little. But I just think you got to tip your hat to the Nuggets because, again, you know, my question has been and, – and, you know, that's the reason why that game was lining up that way because it was a def- – it was like an old 90s game for the first – it was low scoring. It was like only 40 points apiece at halftime, a little over 40 apiece. And not only that, um, the way it was called, but in that particular game, you saw the concerns of what I've said. I mean, you know, Flurry from Murray – didn't have a good game yesterday. And see, this is the scary thing if you're the Suns. Murray struggled, and Porter was nowhere to be found. And and Porter's that guy. He's the wild card for me. Like I said, at some time, at some point, even if Denver's going to go win the whole thing this year, at some point in this round, the Western Conference Finals, the NBA Finals, Porter's going to have to put in to at least about two to three decent games, not missing MIA in action, if they're going to win the whole thing. And that's the only reason why I haven't been Denver, Denver, Nuggets, Nuggets all season. Because, again, I've seen this story before. So last night it was playing out. Murray was due to have an off game, which he did. Struggle from shooting. He had a couple big shots there in the late when the, when the run was already there after it got done. And Porter never was anything involved. And that's kind of what I worry about with Denver. So if you're the Suns, just kind of worrisome because you lost this game with two out of their so-called big three having terrible games. I mean, Murray had I mean, Murray had an off game. Porter had a terrible game. But I really think the whole the whole game and maybe the series, but the whole game changed at the 4-minute mark in the third quarter when Chris Paul goes up for that rebound and he pulls a groin or strains or whatever the hell they calling it. Because to me, that just emotionally deflated the Suns. And there you go. And I'm not trying to take anything from Denver, but they were pretty much the Suns were in control of that game until that point happened. And really, the guy that I say, man, is really benefiting the most from anybody else with Kevin Durant being on the Suns, and that's Devin Booker. 
um, when Chris was in the game and things were going, like I told you, that basket looks like a big-ass size of an ocean that Devin Booker's throwing in because this whole playoffs through the last few years, the times he's been in the playoffs, he's had to see double teams 90% of the time. And with KD, you don't have to see that. Now, that's another thing I didn't touch on. KD was awful last night for shooting. Now, I was kind of – that was surprised, not shocking, but very surprising to me considering they were down 0-1 going into that series – in that game, and KD shot the ball, had a hard time shooting the ball that bad. I mean, he was 2 for 12 at one time from the three-point line. Uh, he, it, you know, some mid-range shots he couldn't get to fall. He was doing some things on defense and romp, rebounding, took a charge couple, one time, but he just never could get it going in rhythm and shooting. And again, you know, um, you know, AC was in my ear about this, you know, off all the time when it comes to the Nuggets. I mean, the truth, at the end of the day, that is altitude you're playing in. And I don't know, I don't care how many times you go down there in the regular season or any time, unless you play in that most of the time, and really unless you live in that environment where you're like walking to the store, walking to your car, unless you're living in that environment above sea level altitude, it still, it still can weigh on you at certain points in the game, especially when you have a playoff atmosphere, when you have that many people in that crowd that's all kind of in and there. It's just, it's a lot. But, I mean, I'm sticking with Phoenix. They're down there. They're in the same situation. Well, almost a similar situation. Um, last series, they were down 0-1, not 0-2, but they find themselves down 0-2. KD's a champion. He just watched his brothers go down 0-2 and come back and win the ser- series. But KD... And Booker, because you can say even if Paul, because first of all, I don't anticipate Chris Paul playing in game three. He might be back for game four. Well, if not, he might not even be back to game five. So with that said, Booker and KD are going to have to have dominant performances because Aiden. Man. Look, I, you know, I'm old enough to know and remember when they used to call 5-0, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood soft. When the national media used to think day when he couldn't get past Utah, run DMC, Carl Malone, elbow in the head, go down like a sack of potatoes. This ain't nothing. Aiden makes, which I, to me personally, believe it or not, I never really bought into that so much. As critical as you can hear me be about the Spurs, I never even bought into that. That year. I mean, I knew I was like, man, he just is what it is. I don't think he's soft. I mean, he can't look like that, be built like that, be that soft. But to that narrative, Aiden makes David look like, I don't know, Mike Tyson. Aiden's soft, man. There was a play in that game yesterday that he doesn't even, he, it, it takes a lot for him to even dunk the ball. Like, unless there's nobody around, that's the only time he dunks. And again, this is a time that I'm looking at Monty Monty Williams. Before we move on from this, I'm going to say this, too. After observing last night's game, Monty Williams has a decision to make. And I don't care how it hurts Aiden's feelings or whatever. There were some times to start off the game that he was doing a decent. He caught, you know, Joker in some bad angles and, you know, caused the missed shot, got the rebound. For the most part. They're going to have to try to start doubling Joker. And I understand if you do that, I mean, there's Murray, there's Porter. I mean, hell, we ain't even, I ain't even brought up Caldwell Pope that came off the bench that went nuts last night. I get it. But Aiden, 
I mean, there's only one guy I think left in the playoffs that can really go at Joker one on one and get him in foul trouble and maybe stop him here and there because he's proven it, and that's Joel Embiid, and he's banged up. But I'm just telling you, Aiden ain't playing him. Aiden can't handle him one on one. There was a point in game one, and even a point in the fourth quarter, where because first of all, Aiden's gonna stay in foul trouble, and he just doesn't have the he he don't have the grit or the apple sack to handle it. And there was a point in game one and even game four. Speaking of Dave, I thought that was Elijahwan out there on Dave on them footworks when he used when he made Dave when when Mario Ellie ran out like y'all want to recount on that MVP. He, he, I mean, if you leave him on the island with Joker, one Joker gonna make him look like dumb dumb. But he just don't have it. He, he's just not. He's, he's not a dog, man. He's not. He's not. He's not a dog. And it is what it is. But that's the reality of it. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, moving on to the night. You got game two of the Knicks who looked to bounce back and even their series up after relinquishing home court advantage after game one as Miami went down and stole game one. The talk with this game coming in tonight is going to really be about health, the health of Randall and also the health of Jimmy Butler. Um, Same thing that I feel with the 76ers and what they were allowed to do because of James Harden's performance. I think due to the fact that he was able to win that game yesterday or the other day on Saturday, there's no need for Jimmy Butler to probably play tonight. Actually, I would be probably shocked if he plays tonight. You've already stole home court advantage. The pressure's on the Knicks not to go down 0-2. I haven't heard an update. Is there any update on Randall? Is he? I mean, is uh, he? Both guys, as far as I've seen, are questionable for the night still. Okay. I would think Randall's going to play, but I don't think Jimmy's going to play, and I don't think Jimmy should play. Um, tonight in this matchup is really going to be about Ken Brunson. Look, this particular Knicks team, I think they've got Barrett. They've got some talent. You know, their 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 strongest strength is, you know, everybody can see that is their defensive side of things, on so the defensive side of the court. But I feel as this run is going to go as deep as Brunson can take it because he's really the guy that I feel on the team. He's really the only guy, even Julius Randle, you know, even though he has some nights where, you know what, he might be rebounding, he might be getting second-chance points, but he's not really on shooting from the perimeter. He, if anything, he's getting in foul trouble where there's offensive foul charges or whatever. So he's not really a guy, I think, even though you can count on consistent, consistent, especially in a series, to really, you know, dominate his guy or to stay on shooting. I think Brunson's the only guy that they got that has that opportunity. And, I, yes, and I and look, there, Randall's usually no in-between. He usually has monster games. Or it's like, hey, man, he was missing or he was kind of missing in action a little bit. So tonight, I think it's very all the pressure is on the Knicks uh, to bounce back and try to win this game. Because the one thing you do not want to do, I mean, you're not going to beat Miami, even though I was not high on Miami. I don't know where the hell all this three point shooting came from, but you're not beating them four out of five times and regardless in general. So. What do you got? For what it's worth tonight, too, Jalen Brunson on their injury report as questionable with an ankle injury. So a right ankle. So you got three stars in tonight's Heat Knicks, and it's all because of their cute shoes, Cal. Well, I've been bring, banging on this for the last over a year. I touched on it a little bit yesterday. Um, it is a situation where if you feel that you want to be – and look, some of these guys, most of these guys signed to Nike – they're signed to other deals. I mean, you don't even have to be the marquee guy like a Steph Curry, LeBron James. A lot of these role players, mid-level guys, they got shoe deals. 
Most of them with Nike, and sometimes they'll see, hey, well, we're going to get the line. If you don't have your own, if you ain't that player to have your signature shoe, then you plan in the Kobe's, you plan in this. But regardless of it is, you've got to deal with Nike, and half the time with this, these guys, they want to look cute out there with these low, with no support. Like, to be honest with you, and Steph came in the league with ankle problems. Okay, he had ankle problems with Davidson. His first couple years, people thought his career wasn't going to be nothing because he was never going to be healthy. I remember having those conversations on this show. But the one thing I'll give Steph, Steph plays in these ankles, all the, but Steph has his ankles wrapped up. He's got them wrapped up. He's got protection in that. These other guys like Jimmy just out there naked. You know, Derek, like just the ankles. So, again, now with that report, Brunson's going to play. He's playing. I'm telling you, I think Randall's playing tonight. I, I guarantee you Brunson's, that's not keeping him out. Randall should play tonight. Jimmy's sitting. If Miami's down 0-1, Jimmy's probably going to play through that. Jimmy's sitting. And what? Tonight's game two. Today's Tuesday. So game two's not to what? Friday or Saturday in that one? So that's going to give you a little bit more extra rest. It's the same thing I feel Joel Embiid's going to get. What do you got? I, I think the line tonight, minus six uh, for, the, for the Knicks, uh, lends to the fact that the stars playing for New York. Yeah, I think Randall's going to give it a go, and I know Brunson's going to get there. But I'm pretty sure what Randall was shooting around before Game One and working. I mean, you're down 0-1. You're not good. You cannot go. This is a must-win, I believe, for the Knicks. Um, they don't have enough skins on the wall and enough guys on that roster that's been enough battle to be like a Golden State that can get fall down 0-2. But hey, man, as long as we come back and protect, no, they've got to win tonight and they've got to tie this series up 1-1 and they've got to go to South Beach and take one. Of those two and it's not going to be easy because I believe what we've seen and even in the Milwaukee series I mean coach Spolstra and Miami I mean even if Jimmy Butler's not there you got Kyle Lowry he's got some hardware they're going to try to come take game two veteran teams have got some guys that's been in some battles in the NBA those are the teams that usually don't sit there even after they steal a game especially if it's game one they don't sit back on their lows say, all right we came to do what we came to do we just got one hell you heard Harden last night you know, and half the time in this time of year, he's in a strip club making it rain. But even him said, hey, man, we're going we're going for we, we, we coming back here to try to get game two as well. Because that's just how they've been wired. That particular team this year under Doc and 76ers. So I'll tell you, Coach Spo and Miami's coming to get, get game two as well. But this is a must win for the New York Knicks. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven grind. All right. So the nightcap in game one. Last series to get up and running, round two, is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers traveling to the Bay to open up this Western Conference semifinal. And the talk in this one is LeBron James versus Steph Curry again. Now, this is to be the first time they've met in the playoffs on the West side. Okay. And really, you know, pre-finals. If you missed yesterday's show, go check the podcast, sportsgrindonline.com. But I said that, you know, there is a generation of about like it, this has been going on for a decade with the Golden State Warriors. And there is a group of young fans, NBA fans, that they've grown up watching pretty much Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors beat up on LeBron for the, for the exceptions of the 3-1 comeback. And there's a lot on this line of this series because I do believe the winner out of this series really does have a good look of coming out of the West. Now, Denver, look, Denver through two games, they've got everybody on notice. Now, they even got me on attention because I'm like, all right, this is what I want to see. We're here. 
You're playing a, uh, a you know formidable opponent in the Suns. Okay, but I believe the winner out of this series because of experience and because two of the greats are in this series, they get past this. Depending on how much they beat each other up, they've got a good chance of whoever's coming out of that next round, whether it's the Suns with a comeback or it is the Nuggets. So in this particular series, you have a situation, number one, you know you're going to get the best from LeBron because LeBron understands he's, he's a student of the game, man. He's a history of the game. He knows what the record is with him and Steph. He knows that if he don't take care of Steph, who will? And next thing you know, Steph is sitting at five and LeBron's still at four. And now Steph is sitting there with Kobe, Tim, right behind Mike. There's a lot on the line on this one. And I do feel that from an, ex I said this yesterday, from an experience standpoint, that is not the best. It, it, that's not as hard as it gets. Speaking of the last round against the Sacramento Kings, they're going to face other teams that are going to be more skins on the wall, more experience starting tonight, starting if they get to the Western conference finals versus Suns or nuggets. But what I do think though, especially for the West side, what they witnessed in game one from the environment and really from the difficulties of matchup problems across the court, one through five, that is probably the hardest going to get, in my opinion. And not only that, you can't underestimate the corporate knowledge that Mike Brown had on the Golden State Warriors. He was over there for years on the assistance as assistance uh, coach. And unlike pretty much the theme of the whole playoffs, this series, <laughs> how healthy is Anthony Davis going to stay? There's no way they're winning this series without Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis has to pretty much dominate, and he's got to make them punish. He's got to punish Golden State for being small. And he can't give Looney any confidence. He can't. I mean, if he lets Looney, like, and I'm talking about confidence on the defensive side. We know we ain't looking for points from Looney. We're talking about on the defensive side of things. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spin the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, 
Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.